T to classify yes, as three letters. Cause our history guys, we got Eric, Ellie, who else? We got Brian, listen every time, you know it's gonna be some drive. Everybody certified, it's pocket rock, ain't tell no lies. You really my lose your mind, can only put this in your time. Welcome back to the WFT Declassified Podcast. I am your host, L.E. Thank you for rocking with us as always. Right about there, you should see a subscribe button. Go ahead and hit that button. Stay locked in. We got a lot of good content coming for you. And if you're listening to us on audio, many props. Shout out to you, my favorite platform of all. Uh, Make sure you're locked in there. Be subscribed and keep it moving. We, we don't have a special guest. Tonight. I'm lying. We have two special guests tonight. We got our guy, Eric, in the building. Eric, what's happening? More of a Velcro shoes kind of special guest, but special nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. What's up, everybody? Nothing wrong with Velcro shoes. Uh, Brian, how's it going? It's going really good. How are you guys doing? Amazing. Summer um, is here. Season yes. is getting closer. I'm Finals. getting jacked. Yep, I'm getting stoked. I saw a video circulating of people celebrating summer solstice at stonehenge which i thought was interesting oh uh, man yeah yeah you know, any yeah. sacrifices what were they doing get the crystals uh, no out. blood sacrifices <laughs> yeah no, uh, they were they just, just kinda, like, yeah. yeah they put on like white linen gowns and dance around with flowers and stuff yeah. i don't know never so been like, to one so like oddly i've never been invited to a summer solstice party <laughs> You'd be the first person, I think, that would get invited to something like that, Eric. I, you, you think so, man. The... I think I'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> you could have a DJ at the uh, Stonehenge party. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could break out the – I could dust off the equipment. Yeah. Lay down some, some sick – I don't know what kind of solstice jams. Probably, like, I need to find, like, loot music or something. I don't know. What do they listen to at the solstice uh, jam? I'd have to rock. find that out. Get it? Hard, Hard rock? rock? No. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be electronica, some like house music or something like that, right? Come on, guys. No, it'd be like fish. It'd be like fish or Grateful <laughs> Dead or something. I don't know what. Yeah, we'll figure it out <laughs> next year. We'll be ready for the Stonehenge uh, Solstice Stonehenge party. Declassified coming next year. Anyway, hey, happy Father's Day to both of you. It's a little belated, but happy Father's Day to you guys and anybody listening uh, who's a father. Happy Father's Day, and if yep. we missed you yep. on Mother's Day, moms, happy Mother's Day to you too. All right. Back at you. Same to you. Same to you, fellas. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, So check it out, man. We are about, what, a month, less than a month away from training camp starting, right? And this is the greatest time of the season because it's hot. Football players are playing football in the summer. There's no real break after this. Once training camp starts, it's, 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 it's coming, right? You're right there because... That this is your this period right now is the last big break that you have between now and the end of the season. Training camp's coming. Once training camp's come, then you got preseason and all that jazz. And then the regular season is here, fellas. We are so, so close. If you haven't already, make sure you prepare your family for you to be gone every Sunday from now until February. Well, I shouldn't say now, but uh starting in September. You know, start that conversation now. Anywho, training camp, a lot to look forward to. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about various position groups over the next few weeks and what their objectives are in training camp in terms of things they need to accomplish, where they need to improve, and how they should look to make the team better. Today, we're going to start with the front seven. Last year, 
This is probably, and fellas, let me know if you disagree, but in my opinion, this is the most disappointing group on the team last season. You guys agree? Absolutely. Underwhelming, yeah, for what we expected, for sure. Yeah, so I think going into this whole offseason, this is the group with the most to prove. And, uh, you know, this is where it starts training camp, you know. Got to get together, hit hard, be ready to play. So um, general thoughts before we dive into the front seven in terms of, like, what the defense needs to accomplish at training camp. Eric, I'll start with you. Uh, well, obviously, the first and foremost is to stay injury-free, um, especially at positions like linebacker where there's not a ton of depth. Just get out of it healthy. But, I mean, get everybody on the same page and ready for re- for week one because, uh, the you know, the blown assignments and looking at each other, it's just like, it's not going to fly again this year. I mean, we got to be ready to play when the when the first week of the season. You've got a, uh, a you know, on paper, a soft opening, you know, schedule with the first two weeks with uh, Jacksonville and Detroit. Those are games that if you come out and look unprepared and get in and lose one of those, it's ridiculous. And it's just going to be a long year. So you got to be ready. Get yourself ready to play and stay injury free. Yeah, I like it. Everything you said right there. Spot on. Brian, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of things, but I think the 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 main thing is that these guys need to work together and they need to follow the coach's plan, right? Too often we heard uh, in the press conference after the games last year, Rivera mentioning guys doing their own thing, freelancing, not following their technique. Like, there's no place for that. There's a defense, whether you like the defense or not, you need to follow it as coached, as called by the defensive coordinator. When all of those guys are playing together, the defense will play better. But if we've got, you know, two defensive ends doing one thing, two defensive tackles doing another, linebackers doing something else, we're going to look awful. We're going to look like how we looked last year, where it it just kind of looked like chaos guys not knowing what they're doing and uh, big plays every chance the offense gets. So uh, they all need to be on the same page. Uh, and moving in the right direction. And I think that will help tremendously in terms of how the defense looks. Yeah, I'm going to go with the two H's here. They have to discover the two H's. The first one is humility, right? Last year, we had some egos going into that season, right? Like we, we were feeling ourselves from the playoff push the year before. And I think we got humbled very early. And that's my second one. Let's let's be humble. Let's Let's work. Let's let's be hungry. I got three H's for you. Let's let's be hungry too, right? Let's rediscover that hunger uh, of what made us perform above expectation uh, two years ago. So, um, all right, let's kick it off. Uh, linebackers, we're going to start there. So our linebackers going into camp, um, we have uh, Holcomb, we have Jamin Davis, we have David Mayo. Um, you know, Kaliki Hudson's there, uh, Milo Eifler. Uh, you know, Trey Walker, Drew White. I think, those, you know, these are guys. So I'm going to start with those main guys. Does any one of those guys, Eric, stand out to you with the most to prove at camp amongst the linebackers? Um, <clears throat> Jamin Davis, obviously, uh, from, you know, he's got to step up. He was a first-round pick last year. We kind of knew that he wasn't going to be, you know, a stud his first year just based on the lack of playing time he always got in college. But he's got a year in the system. He's got a full off season. He apparently got replaced a couple times by like Kaliki Hudson in in you know OTAs, which is not a good sign. So that dude needs to step up and play. Um, but really, they just need to bring somebody in. Like we need another linebacker like now. 
I mean, there's guys out there, there's experienced guys, you know, maybe declining a little bit, but like Anthony Barr is still out there or like Dante Hightower is still out there. Ooh. You know, they're not what they were a couple of years ago, but they're better than anything that we've got right now, like for that third linebacker spot. So, you know, I think that if David Mayo is one of our three starting linebackers, we have failed this offseason. Not, nothing against David Mayo, but he's, you know, been around a while and he's a special teamer if he's your starting linebacker, you've got problems. Um, and there's, you know, there's no, he's a good depth linebacker, love him there, but I, you know, as a starter, like what's behind him, if he goes down, you, they still need to address the position. Um, so yeah, that find somebody. Yeah. What about you, Brian? Anybody stand yeah. out to you that uh, needs to prove themselves? You know, uh, Eric said the uh, the main one I think we, we, we're we all looking at, which is Jamin Davis. That's the obvious one, so I won't spend a lot of time talking about him. But it, it is a little concerning hearing reports of David Mayo starting over him or getting first-team reps. I mean, all of those reps should be Jamin Davis. There shouldn't be any exception. But uh, clearly the coaches see some exception to give David Mayo first-team reps. Uh, not all of them, but he did get some of them. Um, but really, uh, you know, we don't have anybody else to kind of look at to say, hey, uh, I think this guy, you know, a guy that the last couple of years who I would have thought would have gotten an opportunity by now is, is it, is it Kaliki or is it Kalik Hudson? Kalik, I, I can never, the, world, the world may never know. <laughs> right. <laughs> it depends on who you ask. Yeah. Playing time. So, um, but, you know, he's a guy who literally played this Buffalo nickel position in college. Like he has direct experience, you know, kind of that strong safety linebacker hybrid role. So, you know, I kind of thought this would be he would be a guy who would have slid into that position naturally or just gotten some kind of playing time. I mean, he really got next to no playing time, special teams, maybe a handful of defensive snaps, but that's about it. Um, and with this uh, opening here at Buffalo Nickel, with the with depth being an issue at linebacker, this should be a time where he he can step up. I mean, who does he have in front of him? David Mayo. I mean, and a bunch of undrafted free agent linebackers. So this should be you know a, a place where he shines if he uh, if he can even do it. So we'll see about that. But Eric's right. We don't have enough guys at linebacker. Like we've got to bring somebody in. And I think, uh, you know, there are some veterans. Uh, Eric mentioned uh, Dante Hightower. He is older, but he is highly intelligent. He has played in multiple defenses. Um, you can't play for Bill Belichick and not know what to do. He knows exactly what to do in every situation and can get our guys lined up and he'll actually know what they need to do on any given play as well, too. So, you know, just something we need another body there um uh, more importantly yeah i'm gonna echo what you said about kaliki hudson being a guy that had the most approval amongst the linebacker group and the reason i'm saying that is i don't know how many more years he has left on his contract after this season so if it ain't gonna if it's ever gonna work out it needs to be this offseason i don't think he's shown enough in the nfl to get many other opportunities with other teams outside of special teams um, so I think that if somebody has something to prove this camp, especially with Jamin Davis, um, you know, being subbed in and out, uh, then I think there's an opportunity for him. And if the doors crack, you better blow your way through it. Right. And, and make something of yourself. So um, you go to all these guys and, you know, that Jamin Davis stuff may just be experimental. Who knows? But, you know, if, if it's creating opportunities for someone else, then that someone else needs to take uh, advantage of that. Um, I want to start with Cole Holcomb. Um, you know, we, we, we talk about Cole Holcomb a lot on here, believe it or not. I think one of the main things that we say is, um, you know, he's a, he's a little bit of a finesse linebacker. And I don't mean that in a disparaging way. That's just kind of his game. 
he's not the John Bostic type that's going to go and blow things up. Um, good, bad, or indifferent. He just he plays around things and he plays with speed. That's kind of his game. Um, he has progressed quite a bit in his time in the NFL. Uh, Eric, what do you need to see from Cole Holcomb at camp this year? Yeah, a leadership role. I mean, if they're really pushing him at middle linebacker, he needs to jump. He needs to just embrace that and and run with it and just be that guy barking out the orders, getting everybody lined up. Like, you know, I, you know, he may have done it some last year, but he's not really – that's not really been his thing. So that's the next step in his progression. You know, he is, he is right now the best linebacker on this team, um, and I like him a lot. Uh, you know, I've always kind of considered him more of a tackler than a hitter. So definitely the opposite of like a John Bostic. He's definitely not a thumper, but he's a very effective linebacker. He makes a lot of plays. Um, he's always around the ball. Uh, so it's just the leadership aspect at this point. Just needs to, he needs to step up and, and take charge as that middle linebacker on the defense. If that's going to be his role, he's got to run with it. Yeah, very well said. What about you, Brian? Yeah, if he is going to play middle linebacker, he needs to show more of a kind of physical presence in the middle, a enforcer, uh, you know, uh, you know, similar to, and I don't even want to say similar because, it, you know, Bostic really, Bostic had a lot of issues uh, with him, but typically that middle linebacker is a tone setter position, right? They set the standard for how the that defense is going to play, and Ellie, you mentioned it, he is more of a run around blocks type of linebacker, right? He's not going to uh, engage with that offensive lineman too much. He's going to try to run around him, finesse him a little bit to make the tackle. And he does make a lot of tackles. I think uh, he had a combined 142 uh, tackles on the year. So he gets lots of tackles. He is pretty uh, fast, pretty athletic uh, in there. But he only had two tackles for loss. Uh, and as a linebacker, I think, it, you know, especially a middle linebacker, you, you've got to be able to kind of read those run plays and make some plays behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, you know, doing that kind of sets the tone for, you know, how the game's going to go, right? Is that offense going to push you around or are you going to dictate to the offense what happens? So I, I really am looking forward uh, for him to kind of take that progression of being a little bit more of a physical presence being more of a tone setter in the middle, um, making some more plays behind the line of scrimmage uh, in the run game, um, you know, uh, that you may see from a traditional middle linebacker. So that's kind of what I want to see from him. But, uh, you know, he is very productive. He gets a lot of tackles. Um, typically, when he gets his hands on you, you will go down. So that's a, that's a good thing uh, from him. And he's, he's progressed. He's gotten uh, a little bit better each year. So uh, I think uh, he will uh, – Get better this year, and also congratulations to him. I just saw on Twitter. I think he got uh, he got married here uh, this week or this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to him and his wife. Um, you guys said everything. I think he needs to show. I, I you know, it, what I want to see is are they even going to have a middle linebacker? They keep talking about this five two, and then we keep talking about he's going to play middle linebacker. I haven't heard Rivera come out and say that. I haven't heard any defensive coaches come out and say that. I just heard him say he wants to be that. Um, but if he is that, then he definitely has to get more physical, which you guys already covered. But, I mean, Cole Holcomb is absolutely our best linebacker right now and uh, certainly wishing him all the best at camp. We touched on Jamin Davis already. We know what he needs to get better at, basically everything. Um, what about Kaliki Hudson, Eric? What do you want to see from him? I want to see him have an effective year at special teams because I think that's where he's supposed to be playing. Um, I just – I don't see him making a big jump in his third year to suddenly be a starting quality linebacker when he's always been kind of a tweener, 
not big enough really to play linebacker, not fast enough to play safety. So he's just kind of there and like sub packages, like that's kind of his role in the NFL. I just see it that way. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you can have a 10 year career playing that role uh, as long as you can do it effectively. And, you know, special teams gives you a long career, but I just, I just think that's what he is. I don't really, you know, expect to see a lot of him on the defense this year because we haven't so far. And, you know, even, you know, there was no linebackers on the team last year at certain points and he still wasn't getting on the field. So I just, I don't see him making that jump this year. Uh, I could be wrong, but you know we'll see. But I, just, I, I think he's a special teams player. Uh, that's kind of his his peak, his max. Yeah, I I tend to want to agree with you there. I mean, you know, it just it's not traditional for players to come out of nowhere this late into their first rookie contract and start balling out. Um, Brian David Mayo, what do you want to get out of David Mayo at camp? Nothing. I, I want him to be on the sideline and on the bench. I don't want to see David Mayo in a football game at all. If he David dirty, man. <laughs> well, his his play does that by itself. Uh, if he comes to a game, we're not going to be very good. Like, I mean, he's not a starting linebacker. I can't couch it any other way. He's not um, a starting level player. The fact that we're playing him speaks more to how bad our depth is at linebacker. We don't have anybody better than him that our first round pick from a year ago is still struggling to uh, get first team reps. So, um, and David Mayo's not like a two or three year player. He's been here a long time. He's fully developed. He's not getting any better or any worse for that matter. He should be just a special teamer, you know, occasional, um, you know, mop up duty, but he's probably going to get a lot of run here because the coaches like him and we don't have anybody else better. So hopefully he doesn't make uh, too many mistakes. Hopefully he doesn't get exposed for, you know, not being some, uh, you know, uh, a top level athlete. Um, you know, that's, that's about all I can say about David Mayo. Yeah. I think he can give you was... good play in spurts, like in small doses, if he's not out there, if he's, in, he kind of reminds me and it's not a perfect match, but like Will Compton, like, we all hated Will Compton, but it's not Will Compton's fault that he was an every down linebacker for us. Like he would have been fine, like in his specific role. He just got vaulted into a starting role that he he just, you know, you know, or, or even like Reed Dowdy back in the day was the same thing. It's like he was just all you know, it's not his fault that he was always healthy enough to play when the other guys weren't, you know. <laughs> so I think, you know, that there's definitely a role for somebody like Mayo on the team. But I, yeah, as a starter, I think you're in a little bit of trouble if he's like a, if he's getting a lot of reps, because I think then he does, like Brian said, open him up to getting exposed a little bit. Yeah, I wanted to look up some stats and tell you that you were wrong about how bad he was because Doc <laughs> Walker likes him, but he was a 42.9 PFF, and I can't justify that. Uh, to, to that point, Cole Holcomb was like a 58 or a 59, so we definitely need to improve there. Um, all right. Uh, the only thing I'm going to add to the linebacker group that we talked about is I do think they're going to add somebody. I'm not saying it's going to be a starter. I'm not going. I'm not going to tell you it's going to be a middle linebacker, but I think they do add somebody off another team um, to come in and compete somewhere. So I want. I want that to happen. You know, before the last week of you know preseason, that we add somebody so we can get them integrated into what we do, even if it's just a depth signing. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. All right. The other guys uh, are really, you know, like I said, depth guys. People want to tell me about Trey Walker. I don't know anything about him. I don't know how high I'm going to get my hopes up for him uh, or Drew White. They're going to have to show me something first before I jump off a cliff with one of those guys. Um, all right, let's look at our D-line. And we talked about this in terms of uh, a little bit of disappointment last year. The one guy last year that wasn't disappointing uh, was Jonathan Allen. 
Uh, Eric, I'm going to give you John Allen. What do you want to see from John Allen at camp? Um, just continue what he, you know, to build on what he did. Well, actually in camp, I don't want to see anything from him because he just need to keep him on ice until the season starts. Jonathan Allen's going to be ready to play. As long as he's healthy, he's going to be out there beasting out. And uh, so hopefully we don't have to see a ton of him in the, in the, you know, training or preseason games, especially, but uh, you know, through training cramp, again, just stay healthy, uh, get your reps in and, and, and get ready for the beginning of the season. Cause I have no concerns about him being, being ready to play as long as he's healthy. Yeah, you know what he is. You know what he's going to do. Let's not get cute and creative. Let's just more of the same. Get more of the same from him, Brian Duran Payne. He's yours. What do you want to see? Uh, I need to see a lot from Duran Payne. He's a number fourteenth overall pick, so it, it's it's real time to show it. He wants a contract, whether he wants it from the Commanders or if he wants it uh, via free agency after this season when he leaves. Uh, he really needs to step up. I think he needs to be a little bit more consistent in the run game. Uh, I think uh, his game, though, is more the uh, the penetrator, right? Shooting gaps, uh, um, you know, trying to you know get by some offensive linemen and make plays in the backfield, which uh, sometimes can take him out of his rush lane and he gets uh, you know kind of washed uh, downfield. But uh, I, I need to see more consistency from him because he'll make a couple of plays and then he'll go silent and we won't uh, we won't hear about him, um, you know, for a couple of games. So more consistency from him, I think, is uh, uh, what we want, uh, whether it's in the run game or in the pass game as well, too. He, you know, really last season, the season before um, in the pass game, there probably wasn't that much um, impact from him. He did have that good playoff game against the Bucs um, a couple of years ago. So uh, he, he just needs to all around do a better job. And I think he will. Uh, he's in a contract year. So I think he's going to be really pressing to uh, to make a statement. So hopefully that bodes well for us because uh, he'll get a, uh, a little bit more production out of himself. There are times when Deron Payne looks like the best player on the field. Uh, I want to see him play at that level every down, every single down. I mean, the man is enormous. <laughs> he should be able to do that. Chase Young. Uh, just stay on the side field or stay in the medical tent or in the building or whatever you got to do at camp to get yourself healthy for the regular season. Uh, I don't want to see him anywhere near anybody moving <laughs> that he could get bumped into or anything like that. Just come back healthy, come back strong. Eric, I'm going to give you Montez Sweat. What do we got to get out of this guy at camp? Montez Sweat, <clears throat> just get back in shape, get ready to play. Um, this is this is the uh, – you know, he's going into his year four – you know, he's got that. They guaranteed his contract for next year, but he's starting to look ready. Uh, you know, he's starting to look look for that payday, too. So I think he's going to have a big leap in stats this year. So preseason, you know, just 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 fine tune, play the first quarter, maybe sack somebody. I don't care. Just, you know, come out of it healthy, get ready to play. He's going to have a Montez Sweat's going to have a monster year. I'm going to call it right now. He's going to have a huge year. Let's go. Let's go. I like that. that Brian. Was- yeah. Well, let's go back to Chase real quick. Are, are we in agreement, or do we all think? Uh, I mean, uh, I think it's I think it's very possible he starts the year on pup. Do we think yeah. he's going to? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, he got hurt. I don't think November. he'll play. Yeah, I don't think he'll play before probably week four or five. Honestly. Okay, and so he should. If, he, if if he's on pup, who's our starting defensive end opposite Montez Smith Williams? Yeah, Smith Williams will be out there. And we're going to get to him in a second. We're going to get to him in a second. So you hold Even your horse. Smith Williams, the gas face. Come on, man. <laughs> I got somebody better. Than- <laughs> I saw the stink face. I, I got somebody better than Smith Williams, but we'll talk about it in a second. All right. All right. Brian, talk to me about Federian Mathis. What do you got to see from this guy at training camp? 
Um, I think you're going to see a, uh, you know, big space eater type of player um, who, you know, he'll be ready to go. He'll be ready to play, you know, starters type snaps uh, right from the jump. Is he going to do anything in the past game? Eh, Not really. But uh, I, I think you're going to see somebody who comes in, adapts to the system quickly. And I think, you know, Training camp, you, you'll you'll see him uh, get a lot of play because right now it's really just you know Allen, Payne, and uh, Mathis uh, right now. I think we've got Daniel Wise who kind of can do both end and um, tackle. Uh, but uh, Fidera, you're going to see him come in and get a lot of the. Uh, I, I think you'll see him lined up against uh, you know with Allen and uh, with Payne uh, and let those uh, take up blocks while those guys kind of do uh, some of the penetrating. But uh, I think you'll see some good things from him. The, the, you know, one of the things that the team had highlighted while they drafted him was scheme discipline, sort of the anti Deron Payne and the anti Chase Young, the freelancers. Um, by the way, what a great wrestling duo name. Deron Payne, Chase Young could be the freelancers. Anyway, for Darren <laughs> Mathis, <laughs> you know, so I, I think what you're going to see from him at camp or what you want to see from him is him pay, playing with that scheme discipline that they brought him here for, you know, fit his gaps, um, play the run in a discipline aspect. Um, you know, if he if he has any pass rush, let him keep his gaps and not let, you know, things break down around him. Um, so, you know, he's our second round, our second pick in the draft. Right. So he's got to show a lot more than just competency at the position early in training camp where I think fans are going to give him a really hard time. Um, you know, I want to see some disciplined aggressiveness. We talked about this guy. Uh, the backup for Chase Young, James Smith-Williams. Eric, training camp, what do you need to see? Um, can he fill in admirably for Chase Young? I mean, you know, is he going to come out and be like a, you know, multi-set game guy? Probably not. But if he can, you know, set the edge, uh, get a little bit of pressure with uh, Payne and Allen and Mathis collapsing the pocket, if he can get some of those gimme sacks because they do that, go for it. Um, you know, if, if he's the guy, I'm not 100 percent sure he's the he's a starter at defensive end. There's there's plenty of guys probably at his level that he's going to be fighting with to get that job. Um, but, yeah, if he can beat those guys out, I mean, it, it's you know, I think he might have the inside track maybe or, you know, it's, he's got as good a chance as any of those other guys to take that job. So, yeah, it's just step up and do it. See what you can do. For sure. And, I, you know, I think it's really establishing his position as you said, Eric, within the team and within the depth chart in camp. And I think, you know, going against first team tackles, was that Charles Leno um, or uh, Sam Cosme, if he's healthy, you know, in camp, he's really got to establish himself as a competent piece there. Uh, David Bada, you know, just keep progressing, bro. <laughs> Let's see what you can do. He's the German guy, right? He is. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see him develop. Um, Brian, I'm going to give you Casey Tuhill. What do you want to see from him at training camp? <laughs> um, Casey Tuhill. Uh, I, you know, I think all of these defensive ends or these backup defensive ends that we have, they're all are, you know, they're, they're pretty standard and they're all pretty solid against the run. Smith Williams, Tuhill, um, you know, Tony Brett. I, I, I want to see somebody develop some pass rush moves here because outside of Chase Young and Montez Sweat uh, at defensive end, it really is a huge, huge drop-off when it comes to pass rush. So uh, 
uh, Casey Tuhill. I want to see some pass rush. I want to see these guys develop, uh, you know, one, a go-to move, a secondary move, something that uh, they can get some separation off of that offensive tackle and make a play in the backfield because, uh, you know, it, it was very clear once, um, you know, Montez and Chase were out that there, there really wasn't uh, anybody who was going to put pressure on the quarterback. Were they playing sound in the run game? Absolutely. I'll give them that. They were playing sound in the run game, but that was really about it. Um, so we've got to see some uh, pass rush moves out of these guys, um, to Hill in particular, because he will get playing time. Yeah, I'd like to see Shaka Tony maybe a little get, get – I don't know if you were going to ask about him, but he seems like he might be like a pass rush specialist type. Like he would be the guy to bring in on third and nine. Um, yeah. you, know, if he, you know, if he can make it work. I know his athleticism wasn't the greatest coming out, coming out of Penn State, but, you know, he seems to be that smaller, you know, Hopefully, Ben guy that can get around the edge, you know, at two thirty eight, you better be you better be able to because you ain't stopping the run at defensive end. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's uh, he had a sack and a half last year, and I was going to ask you about Shaka Tony because I know. Look, last preseason, Eric told me Shaka Tony was going to be the man. No, I told what I told you was, and I still think they should have done was that they should have put him at strong side linebacker. Yeah, that's a spot for him at at his size with his kind of with his like mobility, the way he can move. I thought that would be a better fit for him, but uh, I'm not a talent evaluator. Maybe they tried it and it didn't work, but uh, that's what I thought. I wasn't high on him as a defensive end. I think he's just too small. Yeah, yeah. he's a linebacker size for sure. Um, Daniel Wise, Brian, any thoughts on him or what you want to see or expect to get from this gentleman? In training? Uh, no, I don't, I don't expect to see much of anything uh, with Daniel Wise. He's a you know kind of hybrid tweener, defensive tackle, defensive end. Uh, but he is a break glass emergency in case of type of player. Like he, he really shouldn't see the field, but uh, because we do have depth issues and guys who are injured and things like that, he may see the field pretty early this season. So um, just, just be sound. I, I want him to know what he's doing. He shouldn't be in the game and, you know, be looking around like, Hey, I thought that was your guy. Uh, no, the, these guys need to know what they're doing if they get in the game, but I, I can't really expect a whole lot from Daniel Wise. Yeah, just solid play. I'm with you there. Did we talk I about Elbada? Man, you guys keep jumping me here. You keep jumping me here. Be yeah, patient. Uh, Brian, Brian wants to take Effie Obata. Right, go ahead, Brian. Effie Obata. He's, he's been chopping at the bit to get a hold of <laughs> I think Effie Obata, he's had six sacks in the past two years. Of course, he is a Carolina guy. So, you, you know, Rivera, Rivera loves him. Um, but he does seem to have some pass rush ability. And if Chase is going to be down for – you know, four, five, six games to start the season. Um, you need somebody who can uh, rush the passer. James Smith-Williams is a big, strong guy. He's solid against the run, but he doesn't really give you anything in terms of pass rush. So, uh, you know, I think uh, it'd be nice to see somebody who has a little bit of juice coming off the edge, and I think Obata has a little bit. Uh, and it'd be nice to see somebody a little different than Two Hill and uh, James Smith-Williams. So I think Obata may have something to start the year. We'll see. We'll see, because Lord knows you are excited about that guy. <laughs> it's like his defensive version of Brian Robinson. It yes. is. <laughs> <laughs> Did he go to Alabama? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Um, uh, so Justin Hamilton and Tyler Clark are the other guys. Bummy Rotini we didn't get to, but uh, I think we think those guys are depth guys. Um, in terms of depth, Eric, based on what we just kind of went through, are you at all concerned with the depth on the defensive line? 
No, not on the defensive line. I think there's plenty of guys you can plug in there and play on that. The linebacker depth is terrifying, but defensive line, I think, is, is a pretty is going to end up being a pretty deep unit. I think they'll keep probably six guys, maybe seven guys for the defensive line, and then also stash a couple on the practice squad because there's you know a ton of these guys out there. Um, so yeah, I'm fine with the defensive line depth. It's just the linebacker that I'm concerned about greatly. Okay, Brian, what about you? Are you concerned about the depth there? I am. Um, I, I think, yeah, we have a lot of bodies, but I don't know necessarily the quality of those bodies, right? Like, I, I think when you start to get down to the Casey Two Hills, the Bun Me Routinees, and some of those guys, I mean, yes, they're, they're healthy, they're there, um, but if they don't give you anything, right? If they're not able to uh, to produce some kind of way, I, I don't necessarily know by having them uh, if it helps us. So, um, it, it would be nice to see either Shaka Tony or William Bradley King. Um, I think they were two seventh round picks for us last year, the year before. Um, to see them develop a little bit more, I think uh, we already know what um, you know, um, Two Hill and Smith Williams are, but I want to see more of uh. William Bradley King and, and Tony and see uh, what those guys can do. So hopefully uh, those guys step up and uh, if they do, then I, you know, I, I feel a little bit more comfortable about that depth. Yeah. Um, I'm okay with the depth. I mean, a lot of those guys got playing time last year for one reason or another. So, you know, they can at least hang around in the NFL. Uh, so, you know, until Chase gets healthy, um, I, I think we're, we're doing okay there. Um from the linebacker perspective, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that that's a doozy right there because I'm telling you, behind Holcomb and Davis and, and even Mayo, if you have to factor him in there, it's a lot of who, you know, right behind. Not not Mr. Who, but just who is that dude, you know, out there. So um linebacker, again, I think they're gonna address it. But uh, as of right now, if we have one major injury, you might as well fold the tent up on that group. So you're going to have three so, Buffalo nickels next year. <laughs> yes. Yes. Do you guys think it's uh, they're, they're just waiting to get the Terry deal done and then they would go sign like a linebacker or trade for a linebacker or something like that? Or you think that's what's holding it up? I don't know. Like, I mean, that makes sense, but I don't, I personally don't think so because, again, I don't think the Terry deal really affects the cap this year as much as it does going forward. Um, I just think that they're just doing what they do and dragging their feet for whatever reason. Um, I wish they would address it. Like I said, there's guys out there that can play. You know, they may be looking at cuts from other teams once training camp hits, but come on. I mean, there's there's guys you can sign that, that can go out there and help that aren't going to cost a ton of money. You know, they may be a little bit older. They may not give you a full season, but they'll be, you know, good for the part of the season that you need them at least. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of guys still out there. Like that linebacker market still hasn't really broken yet um, to where – you know, there's guys that could come in and play uh, right now. I mean, Kawan Alexander's out there still. Uh, Danny Trevathan, I know he's a little bit older. Uh, Anthony Hitchens from Kansas City. Yep. Joe Schobert, 28, from Pittsburgh. A.J. Johnson from Denver is still out there. So there's guys you could put on one-year deals. <clears throat> and, I, and I think they will. I just think that, like, you know, Eric said, they're waiting for guys to fall off of other teams to get cut. Uh, you know, some of these guys – for all we know, they could they could be speaking to right, and they might offer a minimum contract. They don't want to take it, <clears throat> so they're waiting to see what their options are. Um, and and a lot of times, guys that are this late in the free agency want to wait to see what happens in training camp to see who gets hurt um, to maximize their value. But there are definitely definitely some options out there, and as long as there's options out there, I feel okay. 
Um, Eric, I know you mentioned Anthony Barr several times. He's 30. Um, I don't know that I'd be that excited about him, but there, there are guys out there that they, they can reach out to. So, Yeah, he's – I mean, I like him. I've always liked him. I know he's been injured a little bit, but his value is going to be down. And he's, you know, better than David Mayo, I would hope. Yes. <laughs> yes. And not to, not to, you know, crap on David Mayo, but, you know, it's a talent-based league and, um, you know, we just – we need more of it at a higher level for us to be effective this year. Um, all right. Any other thoughts on the front seven going into training camp, Brian? Um, let me ask you guys, uh, with the front seven, do we consider the Buffalo nickel since it plays so close to the line of scrimmage as a part of the front seven? Should we talk about that? Or is that, uh, are we going to talk about them in the secondary? We're going to talk about it with the secondary and it's a part-time position that I think, it's just cool to say, so we kind of overinflate the value of that position. But, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that with the secondary because it will be a secondary player playing that position. And, again, um, it was a it became a thing last year because we didn't have any linebackers. Right. If we had linebackers, we wouldn't need that guy. Exactly. Which, by the way, Landon Collins is still out there. I'll sign a linebacker. No, sir. No, sir. Let's start over <laughs> with somebody else. Um, Eric, any other final thoughts on the uh, front seven for training camp? I'm looking forward to it this year. There's going to be good competition, especially along that defensive line. I'm just, again, I can't stress enough how terrified I am about going into the season with the linebacker core the way it is. So that really needs to be addressed. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to see them uh, get after the quarterback in camp responsibly. Let's not take anybody to the ground. Let's not hurt Wentz or Howell. Um, or Heineke, you know, let's keep yeah, him. Heineke's fair game. Yeah. <laughs> Put him in a normal color practice jersey, see what happens. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I expect a lot from that group, but I think, you know, the one person with the most pressure in that group is uh, the linebacker, or excuse me, the defensive line coach, Sam Mills, right? Um, and, you know, his unit was a unit that disappointed last year, and people said he's a big part of it. He's a big reason why. They don't like his philosophy. They don't like his teaching style. Well, let's see if he's learned and he can adjust and if he's figured it out and he can get these guys ready to play. Um, with respect to Sam Mills, real quick, Eric, do you do you think maybe some of the disconnect is because Sam Mills didn't play line uh, excuse me, defensive line? I think he was predominantly a linebacker in his career. I, I don't well, Sam, this is not the Sam Mills that was a linebacker. I think it's his son because hmm. he passed away. But yeah. um no, I don't I, I I don't buy into that a whole lot just because you know a lot of guys didn't play, you know, there's guys that didn't play football that, that are still good coaches. Um, so I don't, I don't necessarily, you know, you can certainly know a lot about the position, but it's just, you know, what type of communicator are you? And does that style of communication mesh with the learning styles of the players you're coaching? And there may have been some disconnect there last year. And it honestly could be overblown. I mean, who really knows? We heard, you know, rumors about uh, issues with the, with a defensive line coach, obviously, uh, you know, Del Rio and Rivera, you know, like him enough to keep him around. So maybe it's overblown, but um, yeah, I think, you know, he is, he is under some pressure this year, especially since his uh, assistant defensive line coach is inviting Warren Sapp to hang out, uh, maybe angling for a job. I don't know what's going on there, but uh, you know, moving forward, I, I definitely think Mills should, should be feeling pressure this year. I don't know if he is or not. Yeah, I, I agree. He should be feeling uh, pressure. He's got, uh, you know, the guys essentially uh, who have the most talent. Um, 
But I mean, I think when you have these types of issues, I think it's always uh, incumbent upon the coach to find another way to communicate with the players, right? Like the, the, the coach is supposed to be the leader, the, the adult in the room. Then if whatever he's doing isn't working and he sees that it's not working, right? We all see it. We all saw it every Sunday uh, that it wasn't working. Then he's got to find another way, um, whether that is uh, changing his teaching style, his delivery, um, you know, not, not even so much the actual techniques or the actual scheme that he's relaying to him, because that's probably not going to change because that's probably something Del Rio and Rivera agree on and, and want to, uh, to run. So that's probably not going to change, but he's got to find another way to relate to these guys, uh, and get them to buy into what he's telling them. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's a lot that Sam Mills can do, uh, and that he still can do, um, to have a successful 2022 season. So hopefully, uh, he kind of figured that out these past two years where there, you know, may have been some bumps in the road. And, um, you know, he's uh, taking a different approach here, this training camp in this season. Yeah. me just, you got to learn from what you do. Um, and, and if he's going to be worth his weight in, in salt, he has to really figure that out. Um, so looking forward to what this group's going to do as a whole. Um, you know, I think we are going to learn a lot about these gentlemen in training camp. And I think we are prepared to get some definitive answers about a few of the guys, Kaliki, uh, Sam Mills, the third, the coach, uh, some of those guys, we're going to figure out if they're going to make it in this league or if they're not. Um, and that's what I think I'm looking forward to most this camp. Uh, I think that's it though. I think we'll be back next week. Not, I think we will be back next week. We'll pick another position group, work our way through that unless something major breaks out. Uh, some contract information or something that we have to discuss, but we'll pick up another group next week. Guys, ladies, everybody, if you're listening, I hope you're getting excited about camp. Smell it in the air. Football is here, and we will be here to cover it. Make sure you stay locked in, subscribe, stay honed in. Peace.